Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. So then, remember that at one time you Gentiles, by birth, called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands, Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, both of us have access to one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. The idea of peace on earth seems a little naive, doesn't it? these days. I mean, it's a bit of a joke, really, when we look around. Does anyone really think peace is possible? Does anyone really think that peace is going to happen between Israel and Palestine the way things are right now? Does anyone really think that peace between Christians and Muslims and Jews are possible? Does anyone really think that peace is possible between right and left in the United States? The way things are going, it seems pretty far-fetched that these two groups would ever come together. Does anyone really think that there will ever be a day when American Baptists and Southern Baptists don't meet each other with mistrust and disdain? I doubt it very much. (laughs) And when I realize this, it's disturbing because there is no greater Christian ideal than the pursuit of peace. Jesus blessed the peacemakers. Jesus commended that his disciples should be at peace with each other and made one. Paul continues to speak of this peace in the letter we're just reading today, within and without. Paul gave us as it says in the Corinthians text, the ministry of reconciliation, a ministry of peace. The first Christians found that living out this ideal of peaceful existence with all people was part and parcel what it meant to be a Christian, 
When revolution broke out in the early 60s in, Pal- in Jerusalem and uh, around uh, Palestine there, uh, when the Jews revolted against Rome, the Christians were invited to join them, but they said no because we follow the way of peace. It probably helped, too, that they were expecting Jesus to come any day now and uh, didn't want to get all tangled up in something uh, Anyway, so for them, this ambition of peace was met in not only their personal lives, but in their social lives as well. Martin of Tours, an early Christian convert who lived in the 300s, left the Roman army saying, I am Christ's soldier. I am not allowed to fight. And Origen, an early Christian scholar who lived around 200 A.D., wrote, We will not raise arms against any other nation. We will not practice the art of war because through Christ Jesus we have become children of peace. Now I don't bring all of this up just to uh, convert everybody to being conscientious objectors or to to rally around, uh, to, to do peace rallies or anything like that. Uh, I bring it up to say that this is one of the one of the main pieces of what it means to be a follower of Christ is to be lovers of peace and peacemakers. And that's a tall order in the culture we live in these days, isn't it? Uh, It used to be my practice. I haven't done this for a while now. But it used to be my practice uh, that after church on Sundays, I would go home and I would stretch out on the couch and I would turn on a Western and fall asleep usually about halfway through it. But uh, I would turn on some old Westerns. I love Westerns. Uh, but thinking about it and thinking about this particular text this week, I realized that, that every Western out there <laughs> is uh, the way the hero wins is through violence. It doesn't matter what Western you pick. Somehow, good overcomes evil by shooting somebody, ultimately. By being quicker on the draw. Even when they're trying not to. One of my favorite movies in the whole world from when I was a little boy, Shane. Who loves Shane? Right? Shane, come back, Shane. (laughs) Shane, who put away his guns and was trying to live life differently and took up with a bunch of sheep herders uh, who were squatting out in the out on the prairie and defended them against the the uh, cattle barons of the time the only way he saw to protect everybody was to put his gun back on and go to town and shoot jack pallets who had been hired by the cattle barons and he shot him and then went on about his business giving up on being on his life of peace uh james stewart jimmy stewart in who shot liberty valance uh stood up for the for the the rule of law he was a lawyer who was going to bring law and order to this town through the rule of law with his law books and he kept getting the crap beat out of him and uh the only way they could and liberty valance beat him up all the time and the only the only out they saw was john wayne came in and shot Liberty Balance and uh, Jimmy Stewart took the credit for it and uh, became a senator or something like that. But uh, only by shooting down Lee Marvin 
uh, do we find good overcoming evil? And Clint Eastwood is a master of this. Remember when he was the preacher in Pale Rider? And, uh, you know, the panhandler, the, 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 those who were panning for gold were going against the big gold, you know, mining corporations. And, and uh, there's that great scene where he goes to some bank somewhere and goes to a safety deposit box and he takes off his collar and puts it in the box and he pulls out his gun. And he goes and mows down Sean Penn somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> and then moves on. Isn't that terrible? All the heroes, all of our stories about good and evil, the only way they, the only way they overcome evil is through violence. And it's not, you know, that's just not what we see in the Bible at all. Jesus constantly stood up against the powers and principalities through peace. He lifted up the lowly and He, he confronted those who were in power. And even when Peter grabbed a sword and was ready to go to war with Jesus, Jesus said, no, peace, put that sword away. That's not what we're about. And violence took Him down. And it was only through His death and rebirth into life in the resurrection that good overcame evil. It wasn't through violence. We worship, we worship a Christ who beat evil with love. Not through violence. You know, it's not just killing either. I've been, I've been in, stuck right smack in the middle of many church splits uh, because within the, the church there's conflict. There's struggle. There's fighting. And not violent, but it wouldn't have taken much to get there. <laughs> and it always starts off, as I look back on these things, it always starts off with some kind of personality clash or some kind of misunderstanding or some kind of disagreement that is pretty small. And this small disagreement leads to resentment. And resentment's a sneaky animal. It's kind of stealthy, right? It hangs in, it lurks in the background until, God forbid, that person does something else. And then all of a sudden, all that resentment comes out again. And then it becomes a major disagreement. And then issues go from being a disagreement to being a conflict. And as that conflict, if it's not resolved well, if people cannot start to hear each other, those conflicts become wars. And those wars can go from being a war to being a crusade. And once you've hit crusade, once one side is solely convinced that they are on, that God is on their side, there's no, there's no turning back. There's no reconciliation. And that's when churches split. When one side is righteous and the other side is seen as evil, how can you possibly hope to come back together and merge together? I've seen that over uh, at least twice in my tenure as a pastor. Uh, churches get to the point of crusade 
where one side is convinced their righteousness and the other side is evil. Of course, the other side feels that way too. <laughs> and, and they eventually part ways. This is exactly the opposite of what Jesus wanted for the church. My prayer is this, said Jesus, that they would be one just as you and I are one. By this, the world will know that they are my disciples, that they are one, that they are united together. So in the midst of this, you might ask the question, well, where's the hope? The hope is in Christ. The hope is in Christ. The hope is in, and I don't mean this by, by the hope is in everybody coming around to thinking and feeling the same way we do. That's not, that's not what I'm suggesting here. The hope is in us living out that peace that Christ demonstrated in the world. That Jesus is our hero. Amen? Uh, Shane is good television or good entertainment. Clint Eastwood is a great storyteller, but if you really want to battle evil, Jesus is the one to watch. Amen? I'm going to take Jesus as my pattern and my example. Um, in my last church, we, I, we were, I could throw a football to a synagogue just down the street. Back then, I don't think I could now. <laughs> uh, and Rabbi Singer came to just have a great conversation with us. You know, talk about Jews and Christians and the differences and all that. And he, he said such a, he gave us such a blessing. He, he, I, I asked him, you know, what, what would you want to say to Christians uh, out in the world and, and about that? And he said, we need, Jews need Christians to be Christian. He said, you do be what Jesus calls you to be and live that out and it will bless the Jewish faith as well. And that, is, uh, that was such a blessing to have that from Rabbi Singer. Uh, and that's exactly what we need. The world needs Christians to be Christians and to follow the ways and the teachings and the life of Jesus Christ who is our peace, Paul tells us who has brought those who are far off and those who are near together and made them one humanity, a new humanity in Christ. If we can live that out, the world will transform. Peace will not only be an ideal, but it will be a reality. One person at a time, one church at a time, one city, one state, one country. Individuals living out peace and saying, I reject a world where violence is the only solution. And people have done this. We've seen it. Amen? Mahatma Gandhi refused to give in to the pressure. Martin Luther King Jr., Oscar Romero, these heroes of peace who got it done. Amen? They got it done. It is illegal in this country 
to fire someone because they're black. It is illegal to separate out the races because of Martin Luther King Jr. and his civil rights movement in the 60s. Amen? He is our peace. And as we embrace a life in Christ, peace has to come with it. You can't claim one and not live out the other. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, as we, as we think about the example of Jesus and we look at the world we live in and the culture we have in front of us and the lives, the examples we have of what victory over evil looks like, may we confound that culture. May we confound those images with the picture of Jesus going to the cross, going to the tomb, and rising victorious over death through peace. May we live out that peace that passes all understanding in our own lives and in our hearts. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our friend. Amen.